2: How's everyone doing today? Welcome back to On The Ball. Welcome back to yet another premier league prediction show as we're going to go through every game of the premier league this weekend uh, a bit of a short shorter episode because of the cup final a lot of games uh, not going on I think it's about eight games this weekend or maybe even seven but uh, just before we do get into that i'll let you know how the scoring system works between me and my brother it's five points for a completely correct scoreline one point for a correct result and the star man at the end of the episode once you pick that man you can't pick them again for the rest of the season five points for a goal uh, And two points for an assist. But just before we get into the predictions as well, we've got the midweek fixtures to go through. And it was Man City against Brentford on the Tuesday night. Both of us going for 3-1 to Man City. It did finish 1-0 to Man City. And I think it was kind of how you expected the game to go in terms of the flow of the game I thought Man City were heavily dominant throughout the 90 minutes they just couldn't seem to get that ball in the back of the net and then the goal did come with about 20 minutes to go Erling Haaland putting it in the back
3: of the net and uh, they go on to three points to be fair I thought Brentford I felt really bad for them because I thought they played really well throughout the game they played they've literally had the plan to perfection and um, although as you expect City did dominate um, I thought their chances they created they were half chances Flecken was second to most of them they did create a few from that set pieces but I thought Brentford on the breakaway were definitely looking threatening and Onyeka will be kicking himself because um, he had one chance in the first half and one chance in the second half to really um, put Brentford in the lead and if that goal goes in it's you know, maybe a very different game seeing how it was going and I thought Brentford defended so well it was just one slip throughout the game uh, cost them and uh, Haaland took full advantage of it and you can't give Harland a 1-1 like that and expect him to miss so obviously a big goal for him but I thought credit to Brentford because I thought they had a, played a really good game.
2: No, they did defend really well. But I mean, when you look at it and you're looking at the stats specifically, 70% possession for Man City, which is expected. A 2.45 XG for Man City on the day towards Brentford 0.35 throughout the whole game. So I do think it was a deserved victory for Man City.
3: I think based on the stats maybe I was look while I was watching the game I thought if, if that slip doesn't happen I don't know if Man City will go, mm. go and win their game I thought Brentford were playing really well I thought Tony was giving them all sorts of trouble um, and Whistler as well in the, uh, in the forward line look Man City obviously the better team you expect them to win and they probably um deserved the victory with the chance they created but I just thought Brentford were really hard done by with um, that with the goal they did concede and um, I think they'll take heart from that performance. Flecken seems to be um,
2: saving his best performances against Man City. That's two <laughs> games in the last, uh, what was it, two, three weeks where he's just been really good against the yeah. Man City side.
3: I think he's been all right this. He had a bit of a shaky start but I think he's been all right recently mm. Flecken.
2: Um, let's go on to the Liverpool-Luton L- game last night. Finished 4-1 to Liverpool. Sim went for 2-0, no, I went for 3-1. Harvey Elliott doing me out of that five-pointer right at the end big up Harvey um yeah it was a strange game in the first half it went half time it was one nil to Luton and you're thinking oh is there a slip coming for Liverpool is the injuries that they do have kind of going to come and bite them in the arse but second half was a resounding victory for Liverpool and they uh, really showed that quality didn't they
3: yeah it was a lackluster display wasn't it, that first half when they did take the lead, Luton um yeah, there were thoughts like Liverpool weren't looking great as well. They didn't have options off the bench. If they weren't going to get a goal soon, you know, they didn't really have the options to change it. But as Rob Edwards said at full time uh, in the second half, they showed what Anfield can give them and the, uh, the Anfield crowd sucked the ball into the back of the net essentially and uh, once they got their first goal um, it was only a matter of time before Liverpool went on to win the game and obviously they hit them very quick I think it was two goals in two minutes Van Dyke and Gakpo um, then Luis Diaz and Harvey Elliott rounding it off and I thought it was a dominant display I thought they were Brilliant in that second half, to be honest. Liverpool, and it's actually a massive victory when you think about it, considering all the injuries they have and all the players out. The, uh, Salah's they um Klopp said is suffering for fatigue, uh, Nunes has a minor injury, Jota's out for months. So, considering that, hopefully for them, from their point of view, it's only going to be this game. Um, without Salah and Nunes, it's so vital they got the victory just to keep them ticking over. And um, yeah, still what now, what four points clear of City, five points clear of, of, of um, Arsenal, although both of them have a game in hand but it just keeps that distance doesn't it so really big win for Liverpool and I think again really good win like they played really well so yeah, and,
2: and Robertson came on, got an assist as well. A few kids started to come on: Bobby Clark, James McConnell and Jaden Dans. And it was a funny little <laughs> clip at the end with uh, Rob Edwards and Jaden Dans because Jurgen Klopp was going to congratulate Dans after the game, and then Rob Edwards comes on, uh, comes up to him, and goes, "I played with his dad." <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant, nice little moment there. And
3: just goes to show as well the lack of options they had. They had mm. to bring all those kids on. Uh, yeah, so really impressive stuff from Liverpool, in my opinion. So we go into this weekend two nine. 3 to
2: 302 in my favour so let's go and have a look which games we got this weekend it's Aston Villa against Nottingham Forest Sims gone for 1-1 here I've gone for 2-1 to Villa I do feel like it could be a difficult game for Villa but with, on the back of three losses in a row at Villa Park I do expect them to get back to winning ways against a Nottingham Forest side who they have been scoring a lot of goals but then again they have been conceding a lot of goals as well apart from that 2-0 win against West Ham and I do think the quality that Aston Villa have will shine through in the end so I say 2-1 to villa
3: yeah i did i've gone for 1-1 i actually think the way forest plays suits them a bit more away from home than it does at home and i don't think villa like playing against these sides who like to counter attack them and and um i feel like sometimes when they come up against a well organized team who have options on the break where like are and only and morgan gibbs white i feel like they're going to really push up play that really aggressive high line now, i do expect them to dominate possession i do expect them to cause forest problems but if forest can show that solidity they've been showing under nuno away from home i kind of feel like um Villa might not create the level of chances they hope to create and I feel like they're going to commit a lot of risk and I think Villa Forrest are a very good team on the breakaway and I just see it may see Forrest making it very very difficult for Villa and I don't think Villa like playing against these kind of teams so I also think their home form has slowed down a bit I know they got a good win last week against Fulham albeit again it was a game where I wasn't totally convinced by their performance and I think they're going to have some more struggles here so I've gone for 1-1. All right, Brighton against
2: Everton up next. I've gone for nil-nil here. Sim has gone for 2-0 to Everton. It is a game where Brighton do find tricky at home to Everton. Um, But having said that, Everton, especially on the road, they're struggling to score goals. in a massive way. I think they haven't scored in their last three games. Um, I think four out of five as well they haven't scored in. And against the Brighton side who play expansive football, they are open at the back at times, so there could be an opportunity for Everton to get on the score sheet. But I just feel like uh, these two teams just might cancel each other out. Completely polar opposites in the in the way that they like to play their football. But Everton will be there to spring on Brighton in the, in the counter-attacks as we saw last year when Everton completely demolished them 5-1 mm. at the Amex. So there could be the opportunity for that, but I just feel like Brighton on a on a good run of form at the moment. So I've gone for nil-nil.
3: Yeah, I actually had 0-0 down and then I changed it last minute. I just felt like Everton, they're desperate for a win here. Decore um, came back last week. I thought he looked good. He's obviously going to be back in the team. Calvin Lumen's on a real bad streak but I remember last uh, season um, I think uh, Cal was also on a really bad streak going in or he'd just come back from an injury going into that game and they obviously ripped them to shreds and Brighton um, knowing that Everton are going to re- sit really deep they're going to play for a point they just turned the dial to a hundred trying to force the issue they literally put everyone in the Everton half and Everton completely took advantage of that and I think maybe Deserby might have learned from that and maybe he'll adjust but I think Brighton are going to go for it I think they they don't really know another way of playing. And I think they will dominate. I think they will um, camp inside Everton's half. And I think Everton will want that. So uh, I think Everton can take full advantage of it. And I've gone for Everton to take it 2-0 at uh, the Amex. All right. And we move on to Selhurst Park. Crystal Palace
2: against... Burnley in what Oliver Glasner's first game in charge as Crystal Palace manager seems for three nil to Palace, a very resounding victory for his first game. I've just gone for one nil. I mean, I do feel like it, it will be a Palace victory, especially at home. The fans will be behind the new manager as well. But with the injuries that they do have, I just struggle to see where all these goals are going to come from. I can see them getting on the odd goal or maybe even two, but three is a bit of a stretch for me. So I've gone for one nil to Palace here.
3: I think it's going to be a new manager bounce. I think it's going to be fresh energy, fresh ideas. Burnley aren't going to know what to expect. I actually think the way Glasner sets up as well is pretty perfect to play against a Burnley side who um, like to play their football, like to uh, commit players forward and I think um, even though Palace don't have their best attacking threats with Ayu, Mateta, Edouard, physical players in that front three, um, they should uh, be good enough to create uh, Adam Wharton as well uh, had a good start to his life at Palace. I just think the new manager bounce and as well that relief that Hodgson's now left and they've got a guy who's got a philosophy. I think there's going to be a real feel-good factor around Crystal Palace. I think the fans are going to be well up for it for this game. Um, you, I think you see it with clubs sometimes, even though um, the the lineup on the pitch isn't the best. I think they might have a bit of an overperformance in this game. I'm guessing due to all these different factors and I've gone for Palace to really go out and um, um, put on a show so I've gone for 3-0 to Palace here
2: Alright Man United Fulham next at Old Trafford both of us gone for the exact same scoreline here in 2-1 to Manchester United which kind of seems to be the current theme with Man United you know to win and both teams to score against a tough Fulham side you've got to say that but I think you're looking at Man United at the moment although they're not playing maybe unbelievably well they are getting the results um, with players performing like Rasmus Hoyland at Colby Main at the moment, uh, they've got players that are performing at the top of their game right at this moment in time, where they really need it. So, two one to Man United.
3: Yeah, I've gone for yeah, same same result. I I think it's going to be very similar. I see Man United lacking a bit of control in this game, but I just don't know if Fulham have the quality to fully take advantage of it with their front line. I know Moon is in good attacking form. Williams actually played all right recently, but I just look at their front line. I think if they miss a few opportunities, will they have the quality um, to keep creating them and also stop Man United? I do think Man United at home. They've actually been pretty decent recently. Obviously, they're on the back of four. Wins on the tr- in general, I think Fulham will definitely give him a game, and there'll be times in the game where Fulham are on top. But I feel like the game's going to to and fro in terms of who's in control, and I feel like when Man United are in control, they have more quality to take advantage of it rather than Fulham. So I've gone for them to scrape it two one. Yeah, it's the quality up front really for Man United that's going to be the
2: difference probably in this game. Bournemouth against Man City next. 3-1 I've gone for. Sim's gone for 2-1, both in the favour of Manchester City. Bournemouth still waiting for that first win since the turn of the year. And it's not getting any easier here with Man City coming to town. And Man City, I think, um, I don't think they're playing their best football over the past couple of games, but I do feel like the way Bournemouth play might play into Man City's hands. And, you know, Man City are going to find those opportunities, find those chances. Erling Haaland, Kevin De Bruyne, and co are, are gonna you know take advantage of the spaces that bournemouth are gonna leave
3: yeah i think bournemouth will try and give it a go but winless still winless since december bournemouth which is a bit concerning uh in terms of form considering how good they looked but um I see. I don't see uh, Man City having trouble creating chances against his Bournemouth team. The only thing I think might m- make it a tie is I think Bournemouth are a good attacking side. So I do see them causing some trouble, and it's a very small pitch of the vitality. And Man City prefer it when there's a you know when it's what the pitch is a bit wider when they when they can find those spaces. So I do see Bournemouth trying to restrict them, but I just I think with Foden in the form he's in, De Bruyne is now back. They're starting to find those little spaces uh, in the in those number ten positions, and I think they're just going to have too much quality for Bournemouth. So. I've gone for a 2-1 victory here. But I do see Bournemouth, you know, giving, uh, giving them a bit of a game. And moving on to
2: the next game at the Emirates, it's Arsenal against Newcastle. I've gone for 2-0 to Arsenal. Sim's gone for 2-1 to Arsenal. And I feel like the way Arsenal are playing at the moment, they're not conceding too many chances. And against a Newcastle side with a host of injuries, uh, particularly up front, no Isaac, no Callum Wilson. I don't think they'll be back for this game. Um, I just feel it's going to be fairly comfortable for Arsenal, to be honest, and... Uh, as well as Arsenal didn't play well in Europe, I think they'll come back with uh, a bit of confidence seeing of the way they're playing in the league and I think it will be quite comfortable 2-0 to Arsenal.
3: I don't see it being comfortable. I think Newcastle um, are good enough to um, assert themselves in the game but and especially apparently there's reports Isaac might, you know, back in training, maybe he's going to be fit for this I weekend. So. If he is, um, you know, they, they, he can give them trouble. Obviously, Gordon um, should be available as well. So I do see them having some joy going forward, especially as well given the fact Arsenal had a midweek game Newcastle haven't had a free midweek. So maybe Newcastle will be a little bit fresher. But I just feel like Newcastle defensively this season haven't been the same level as they have been uh, you know, last season. They've been way too open. And I just see Arsenal with the attacking talent they have just taking full advantage of that and, and coming out on top. I think it being a bit of a tight game. I think maybe a set piece might decide it from Arsenal who've been so good at set pieces. But I don't see Arsenal having it all their own way um, in this one. But I do see Arsenal shading it 2-1.
2: Next up, Wolves against Sheffield United. Sims gone for 1-0 to Wolves. I've gone for 3-0 to Wolves, and I do think it's going to be a resounding victory at Molyneux. They are off the back of two defeats in a row at Molyneux. But, you know, look, these—it it is true, these are the games that Wolves kind of do come unstuck sometimes at home. But I look back at When they played Everton at home, it was a 3-0 victory, uh, quite a resounding one as well. And with Sheffield United, yes, they got the win against Luton, but apart from that, they've they've looked so easy to play against every single time that they've come up against any sort of opponent. And I think the quality that Wolves have with Pedro Neto is going to be way too much for Sheffield United to handle. So 3-0. Yeah, I
3: I think... For me, Wolves um, are more of a counter-attacking side. They don't like to dominate possession, and that's what they're going to be asked to do in this game. Sheffield United, off the back of that 5-0 um, defeat last week, I can't remember off the time who it was against, but they lost 5-0. Um, and the, uh, I think Chris Wilder is going to want to basically, in this game, batten down the hatches, make sure that Wolves are not finding it easy to score goals. And I see this actually being a very... Like stodgy game, I see. Obviously, Wolves are going to dominate. They're going to create chances, and maybe if they do get an early goal, you might be right. It could go to two and three, and and it'll be very difficult. But I feel like if Sheffield United can hold down the fort for um, you know, for the first half an hour, forty five minutes, going to half time at nil nil, they're going to find. I think Wolves are going to find it increasingly difficult to find those spaces they usually get against teams who like to attack them. But I still think they've got too much quality not to score in this game. And I also don't think Sheffield United are good enough to hold them out for the whole game. So I've gone for Wolves to get the goal and get the win. But I think I think Sheffield United will try and make it very very difficult for uh, for Wolves here, so I'm voting on for one nil.
2: Yeah, it was against uh, Brighton and Aston Villa. Yeah, you know, in the, in the past month they've mm-hmm. lost twice, five nil. Um, but yeah, I think Pedro Neto's got to be the difference in this game once again. Um, West Ham against Brentford at the London, wow. uh, the London Stadium. Both of us going for the same scoreline, three-one to Brentford. I feel like Brentford actually have been playing well without getting results off the back, and with Ivan Tony, he's so central to what they do. Wissa back as well. I think it's going to be a very interesting game at the London Stadium. at West Ham there's just something about them they're just getting eaten up every single time they step on the pitch over the last couple of weeks so I just feel like Brentford are going to get back to winning ways here
3: yeah look West Ham I think no wins now in I think seven all competitions they've lost lost three in a row um, in the Premier League they're not playing well at all they're, they're not getting anything out of Kudos and Bowen over the last few weeks it feels like without if they're, they're really struggling to kind of attack create chances regularly especially when they're dominating possession and I think I agree Brentford um, are playing really well and I think West Ham uh, being at home are going to try and take the game to them and I think Brentford are really going to like that I think they're going to play the ball really direct to Tony and, um, and Wisser or maybe Maupai whoever starts up front and I think Zuma at the moment is really off form I see Tony really winning that back Battle um, in in the back, in the forward line, and I think with West Ham, of are off the back of such a poor run of results, they're going to try and really um, at home. Um, try and attack, try and uh, get the crowd on side, try and lift their spirits. And I think it's going to go against them. And I think um, in this game, if they, I think the best way for West Ham to get a result in this game is to try and maybe give Brentford the impetus and try and hit them on the counter. But I just feel like being at home, they're not going to do that. And that's going to play into Brentford's hands. And that's why I agree. I've gone for a win for Brentford 3-1. Yeah,
2: and it feels like the the wheels have completely fallen off here at the moment for David Moyes and West Ham. And I'm not sure how they salvage things this year. Maybe it will be, in europe because they're still in european football mm. so maybe that's the way to salvage this season but it looks like at the moment in the league they're just getting battered week in week out to be honest
3: haven't won since the 28th of december which was a, a funny enough away to arsenal but still yeah haven't won uh, for a long, long time now we're now getting into late feb yeah um but yeah
2: let's go on to the star men and sim's gone for an interesting pick here
3: yeah Mateta from Crystal Palace Glasner's first game I think he I oh, look it was a it was a difficult one because I'm you obviously with a new manager you're not 100% sure who he's going to play um, but I feel like Burnley at home was too good of an opportunity I really think they're going to take the game and I think they're going to score a few goals in this one and I think Mateta's probably been their most informed striker so I do think he's going to get the nod and so I've got back backed him to score so I've gone for Mateta
2: So could it be a hat-trick of no-shows for your uh, star men? It
3: could be if I get this <laughs> one <laughs> wrong uh, but without with no Elise and Eze I'm banking yeah. on the fact he probably will start I don't so. think they have many other players that I've they've got could edward play, to and honest. IU I do I think um, Glasner could go either go a three four three or three five two. Either one, I'd probably be banking on Mateta to start, so I've gone with him.
2: I've gone for the man in form, Rasmus Hoyland. He's scored in, what, four games, five games? Six, six games six, in a row. Wow, six games in a row at the moment. And I think that at home to Fulham, there will be opportunities for him. We've gone for, but we've both gone for Man United to win the game, and I think Rasmus Hoyland will definitely get a goal contribution, whether it be a goal or assist, maybe even both. But Rasmus is just on a red-hot form at the moment. So I've gone for Rasmus Hoyland. Sim's gone for Mateta. Let me know in the comment section below, what are your predictions this weekend? who do you think the star man will be and who thinks going to come out on top this week me or sim let me know in the comment section below and we'll see you next time
1: planning for your next trip elevate your travel style with quince quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway like european linen premium luggage options buttery soft italian leather bags and so much more